0: episode of the Poitras Ponderings Podcast, where we pause, ponder, and project. We trust you will enjoy the latest installment of the I Have a Story series. Jim's wife, Linda, joins us for this episode of the I Have a Story series, where she will read us a short story written by Paul Villard titled Information Please. So I now turn this over to our host and co host, Jim and Linda Poitras.
1: I trust you are all having a great day. This is Jim Poitras with the Poitras Ponderings Podcast, where we pause, we ponder, and we project. Today, I have a story. Well, actually, she has a story. We are joined today by the queen of the Poitras household, Linda Poitras. I have given her one of my favorite stories to read. She has no idea about this story. She might have heard it once before. It's called Information Please, and it came out with Chicken Soup for the Soul. And uh, I just want to go ahead and see if we can do a little bit of a test today. She's not read this story yet, but I'm going to ask my dear wife, Linda Poitras, to read the story. And I'm going to see if she can make it all the way through without shedding a tear.
2: When I was quite young, my father had one of the first telephones in our neighborhood. I remember well the polished old case fastened to the wall. The shiny receiver hung on the side of the box. I was too little to reach the telephone, but used to listen with fascination when my mother used to talk to it. Then I discovered that somewhere inside the wonderful device lived an amazing person. Her name was Information Please, and there was nothing she did not know. Information Please could supply anybody's number and the correct time. My first personal experience with this genie-in-the-bottle came one day while my mother was visiting a neighbor. Amusing myself at the tool bench in the basement, I whacked my finger with a hammer. The pain was terrible, but there didn't seem to be any reason in crying because there was no one home to give sympathy. I walked around the house, sucking my throbbing finger, finally arriving at the stairway. The telephone! "'Quickly I ran for the footstool in the parlor and dragged it to the landing. "'Climbing up, I unhooked the receiver in the parlor and held it to my ear. "'Information, please,' I said into the mouthpiece just above my head. "'A click or two and a small, clear voice spoke into my ear. "'Information.' "'I hurt my finger,' I wailed into the phone. "'The tears came readily enough now that I had an audience. "'Isn't your mother home?' came the question.' "'Nobody's home but me,' I blubbered. "'Are you bleeding?' "'No,' I replied. "'I hit my finger with the hammer, and it hurts.' "'Can you open your ice box? she asked. "'I said I could. "'Then chip off a little piece of ice and hold it to your finger,' said the voice. "'After that, I called information, please, for everything. "'I asked her for help with my geography,' and she told me where Philadelphia was. She helped me with my math. She helped me with my pet chipmunk that I had caught in the park just the day before so that it would eat fruits and nuts. Then there was the time Peetie, our pet canary, died. I called, information please, and told her the sad story. She listened, then said the usual things grown-ups say to soothe the child. But I was unconsoled. "'I asked her, "'Why is it that birds should sing so beautifully "'and bring joy to all families, "'only to end up as a heap of feathers "'on the bottom of a cage?' "'She must have sensed my deep concern, "'for she said quietly, "'Paul, always remember "'that there are other worlds to sing in.' "'Somehow I felt better. "'Another day I was on the telephone. "'Information, please.' "'Information,' said the now familiar voice. "'How do you spell fix?' I asked. "'All this took place in a small town in the Pacific Northwest. "'When I was nine years old, we moved across the country to Boston. "'I missed my friend very much. "'Information, please,' belonged in that old wooden box back home, "'and somehow I never thought of trying the tall, shiny new foam "'that sat on the table in the hall.' As I grew into my teens, the memories of those childhood conversations never really left me. Often in moments of doubt and perplexity, I would call the serene sense of security I had then. I appreciated now how patient, understanding, and kind she was to have spent her time on a little boy. A few years later, on my way west to college, my plane put down in Seattle. I had about half an hour or so between the planes... I spent fifteen minutes or so on the phone with my sister, who lived there now. Then without thinking what I was doing, I dialed my hometown operator and said, "'Information, please.' Miraculously, I heard the small, clear voice I knew so well. "'Information.' I hadn't planned this, but I heard myself saying, "'Could you please tell me how to spell FIX?' There was a long pause. "'Then came the soft-spoken answer. "'I guess your finger must have healed by now.' "'I laughed. "'So it's really still you,' I said. "'I wonder if you have any idea "'how much you meant to me during that time.' "'I wonder,' she said, "'if you know how much your cause meant to me. "'I never had any children, "'and I used to look forward to your cause. "'I told her how often I had thought of her over the years, "'and I asked if I could call her again "'when I came back to visit my sister.' Please do, she said. Just ask for Sally. Three months later, I was back in Seattle. A different voice answered information. I asked for Sally. Are you a friend, she asked. Yes, a very old friend, I answered. I'm sorry to have to tell you this, she said. Sally had been working part-time the last few years because she was sick. She died five weeks ago. Before I could hang up, she said, Wait a minute. Is your name Paul? Yes. Well, Sally left a message for you. She wrote it down in case you called. Let me read it to you. The note says, Tell him I still say there are other worlds to sing in. He'll know what I mean. I thanked her and hung up. I knew what Sally meant. Never underestimate the impression you may make on others. On that note... I would like to ask you to remember how much difference one person can make in someone's life
1: and that was linda poitress on the poitress ponderings podcast where she had a story did you detect that she wasn't able to go all the way through reading that story without crying i asked her did you shed a tear or two And her response was, at least I didn't start blubbering. Thank you, Linda, for your reading of information, please. Why would that story mean so much to me? I came from a broken home, and when I was growing up, there was a a little church mission in my little community, and they would come by on a van or with a van, pick me up and take me to this mission And it was there that I came into contact with the Lord uh, in those early years and uh, learned how to memorize the 66 books of the Bible and Bible verses and things like that. And there was a lady that I think she owned that little mission. Her name was Mrs. Vaness. And Mrs. Vaness took a special interest in me uh... would speak to me invited me to her beautiful family home on a number of different occasions and uh... then she eventually was moved to a nursing home and one winter her daughter came to pick her up to take her to the capital city in my province uh... for christmas and they ran into an eighteen wheeler and sister vanessa died there on the spot that's why information please means so much to me and mrs Vanessa means so much to me and like one person said to the world you may be one person but to one person you may very well be the world this is the poetry's ponderings podcast where we pause we ponder and we project god bless you
0: Join us again next week for another exciting episode. And in the meantime, if you also have a story, then share it with someone. Have a blessed week.